friends, welcome to another episode of Chocolate with a Side of Medicine. I am one of your hosts. I am Dr. Chris, and I'm joined by the lovely ladies. Got Amy Jo, MD. What's up, y'all? We got Dr. No-No. Hey, guys. And then we also got, last but not least, Dr. Sunshine. Good afternoon, y'all. So, guys, I know it's been a while since we've been able to record. Lots of things been happening. Just had an awesome weekend <laughs> celebrating AB Joe MD. Yes, had her like bachelorette kind of weekend fun. Yeah, shenanigans. It was a good time. A time was had. Oh, oh had by many. Hold on. A time was had by many. Yes, we must say that. A time was had by many. Yes. Who shall remain nameless? Even before the bachelorette, we actually did have a nice, very classy event. We had the bridal shower, which was very, very nice. That's very and true. then, and then, the shenanigans. things got real. <laughs> and I mean, the love on the same day, and it, it worked seamlessly, so that was, that was pretty nice. It did. It was nice. It was nice. Amy Joe, how did you feel? How did you feel about the weekend? How did you feel about the first I- event, second event, everything in between? How did you feel? I felt amazing. You know, I got the best friends ever ever like I don't think anyone has better friends than me I'm gonna just say that because my girls are are amazing I had a beautiful shower it was gorgeous like I remember walking in because I knew none of the details um in case anybody that think they didn't get invited is thinking I purposely left them out I knew nothing I knew nothing um no it wasn't, it was, it was so pretty. I walked in just trying to take it all in, like seeing all these faces and seeing the whole event. Like it was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, my fiance's mother made it. I didn't think she was going to, she surprised me. My mother was looking amazing as always. And Mm -hmm. everybody was so pretty and it was so nice. The food was amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. shout out to Uwe Sweet Tea because that food was Oh, it was so good. I was like, I'm never going to fit in my dress after this because <laughs> I'm eating it. So the day was great. The speeches were great. The pictures that y'all sent were amazing. Like my friends, my my bridesmaids, my bridal team, they got together and they put on an event that I just could only dream about. So it was great. Oh, yay. Yes. Yes. And then it was party. Yeah. Yeah. Any party. Yeah, the party the party was good. I just had I just had one problem. I missed part of it. <sighs> Cuz I got the sound of disappointment in your in your voice when you talk about this. I'm so is, I'm really um, upset. I'm really upset because I I made a I made a few mistakes, guys. Made a few mistakes. First thing, first number rule, first first rule is you never get high off your own supply. I messed that up. Yo, I made the drink, listen. and I it was a good drink though, but I got messed up. You drank your own spiked drink. I drank my own and had drink. to right. retire. Yeah, and I think first other people all, saw other people saw me make the drink, and they were probably like, "Yeah, yeah that's not a good idea." Not me. No measurements. No, just no. I'll just pour this. Season to taste. That's how I cook. Why not? So um the, the Haitian style. Season right, to taste. Right. Haitian alcohol style. So <laughs> right. um yeah, that so rum I punch decided was I shouldn't I shouldn't be a bartender. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get the group hip to something. So the worst part about this whole thing is I'm with Dr. Chris. Okay, before the event, <laughs> before the event, I'm with Dr. Chris, and we at Costco getting you know the supplies, and then we're trying to think about what are we gonna make because we're gonna make a whole bunch of it, like a punch stuff like that. And she was like, Mm-mm, I don't want to make this drink or that drink because everybody just gonna get messed up real fast. Like I don't want to take care of nobody else because they just they just gonna get drunk way too fast, and I don't got the energy <laughs> to be taking care of nobody else tonight. I'm just trying to have a good time. I ain't trying to take care of nobody who started throwing up or na 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 na. And she goes on this rant for like a good five ten minutes I in Costco, y'all. I did say that. Listen, she was so focused on, I want to have a good time. I don't want to take care of nobody. This is supposed to be a good time. I'm trying. Okay, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward. Mm-mm. Who Who is the one out of all of us? There's a bunch of us, y'all. Who is the one out for the count? Me. Dr. Chris. <laughs> Listen. Out. Out for the for count. Time, not a long time. Right. Like, See, how, how did you become? Joe, that's why. Yes. You went. I'm here for a good time, <laughs> not a long, long time. time. Right. It was short. And a good time was had. <laughs> yes. How did you become there the was a good time to be had with the activities that were planned at the it house? It was a good time. Dr. Chris was like, hey, I, I'm tapping out. That's fine. Well, Everyone else still had a great time. Well, guys, I didn't really want to tap out. I just had to. <laughs> I just had to. I didn't want to, but I had to. But it's okay. shout, shout out to whoever let me sleep on them i appreciate it because i just fell asleep <laughs> yeah it's just you know a little nap i, I had but it was good nap, but it was great it was great i had a good time <laughs> you know, we know it, you did. it was it was a bunch of women who probably spent a lot of time working many hours mm-hmm. so just to have that one night to say hey look None of us are on the clock. We're all just enjoying it to have like somebody dri- have a driver, have yeah. you know transportation, and the only thing we mm-hmm. had to do was have a good time. Yeah. It and was um, it was amazing, and everybody had an amazing time. You know that's really hard. You know, well, it seems to be hard to do to make sure everybody collectively mm-hmm. has a good time. But I think every single person had an amazing time, and um, look, y'all bomb. I don't know what to tell you. Aww. Like y'all amazing. You're all amazing individuals. So. Aww. We'll do it again. Well, thanks, so, so are you. We will do it again. Listen, mm-hmm. this the next one is on you, Dark Chris. Like I, I, you know, I hate to have to put you put you down early again, but we're gonna still keep partying because <laughs> we are. Um, nah, don't are, worry, don't worry. Right. I'm gonna make sure I'm there from start to finish. I'm not playing games anymore. Okay, I learned my lessons. Okay, I'm not making drinks. I'm good. Dr. Chris, you have one job. You have one job. I not failed. I failed at that job. You did that job very well. No, but I did. I did a good job. I did make a. You did a great job. I did a kick because everybody else loved it. Everybody liked that rum punch. It was good. It was was delicious. It was really good. (laughs) You know what? I'm a little disappointed in. We did not have that rum punch in residency. That is what I will say. I cannot believe we had to wait till now. It was maybe too good. That's the problem. I'm an overachiever. But Amy, but Amy, Joe. But Amy Joe's trying to say, why did it take us this long to get some rum punch out of you? You could have made yeah, that rum punch like a decade ago. That's my mm-hmm. bad, y'all. I'm sorry, but I'm mm-hmm. retired now. I can't do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it no more. Wow. A lot has happened in one week. She retired. Man, we retired her. That was a day. That was one day. Yeah. I had to. I had to. That's serious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
what's going on nah, in the these days? No, what's going on? To, I, was like, I, was, I was like, nah, to bring down the mood. Oh. <laughs> right. What's up in I've, this healthcare street? No, right. no, no. I have a tr- I have a trending topic, but the oh, trending no. topic is actually no, no, no. It's it's actually something that I've talked about in the past, but okay, it's just right. something that has come up in the news again, and I just thought that I would just bring it up as a reminder. So updated data has been collected and it's basically showing that when we talk about social media and its impact on teenagers in particular, from the ages of 10 to 19, specifically these adolescents, there has been a 45% increase in anxiety, depression, and suicide increases Mm -hmm. in this age group. Um, And they've done lots of studies. To basically compare it, and they listed all the social media outlets. They basically listed the top five, which is basically like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, so on and so forth. And there's a high, high, high correlation between social media use and the increase in anxiety, depression, and suicide. And a 45% increase over the last, and this is since 2017. So a 45% increase just since then is huge. They were saying that the biggest increase happened as soon as COVID happened and beyond. And even though COVID is kind of tapering down, COVID is still real, y'all. Even though COVID is kind of tapering down, the numbers of the suicide attempts haven't gone down. And the incidences of anxiety, depression, so on and so forth are still going up, even since COVID. Um, So I wanted to bring this up because the article talked about a couple of things that you know, we could do as aunties, as, you know, black mentors, so on and so forth, um, to kind of help out the younger generation and just try to help them to just disconnect a little bit. Um, They also talked about other things that were like measured in the studies, like um, binge eating disorders, a lot of different eating disorders that are also on the rise. Um, And they basically just talked a lot about exposure to a lot of media. And it encompasses three things. It's social media, high-speed internet, And I'm forgetting the third factor that's in there. If it comes to me, I'll let y'all know. But it basically was talking about how we might need to shift the thought process more back to what it was pre-internet, which was more about um, being unplugged and interacting with people in person and maybe focusing on your immediate circle and your immediate environment might be better than having access to so much so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to throw it out there because it's a problem because these 10 and 19 year olds, they're going to be 29 year olds and 39 year olds. And a lot of these kids are definitely in situations where they don't have really good resources and they don't have access to mental health resources in particular, or there's the stigma about it. Um, so I just think that we all should just be a little more mindful of the young ones we come in contact with because they're going through a lot and they're exposed to a lot. And I don't want to make this into a parent bashing thing. Like, well, you shouldn't have gave your 11 year old the smartphone. Like, I'm not going to turn it into that. But it's definitely um, a problem. And it's scary because kids are taking their lives and they have so much life to live. And um, yeah, I'll keep it there. I don't know. I actually, in, in where I'm working right now, I actually do not see children anymore with my new job. Um, so I'm a little removed from it a little bit. But I know that Dr. Chris and Amy Jo do still see children. Um, so I'm curious if you guys have noticed that or even, you know. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I have so many thoughts on this. So I do see children. And because my schedule, it's so busy, I don't see that many newborns or infants anymore. And so I am, I, my demographic for the kids, it's kind of right in that age range, right? Like those eight to 18 are kind of where, you know, most of my, my kids are. 
and a lot of them are depressed and some of them are suicidal. And I find that the parents are unknowingly disconnected. They don't think they mean to be right. My parents love their kids and they're dropping them off. They're like, we looked for someone like you so that they could talk and all this kind of stuff. Or they're my patients and they're like, oh man, can you talk to my kid? Because I like your style and and you'd be surprised how many of them, when you actually start to talk to them, they're very honest. Man, kids are like, they're they're the coolest creatures, right? Mm-hmm. They are very honest. Like they, at least in my experience, they don't have any problems with saying they're depressed or, or why or what's triggering it. And, but the problem is the resources, right? Like I feel more helpless trying to sort out a plan of action for my kiddos than for, even for my adults because the resources are limited especially where I am for the adults, the resources are almost non-existent. Like, yeah, you can get them into P psychiatry pretty early, but that bothers me um, a little bit because there's also, you know, now all these articles that have come out, right? We are, we are 10, 20 plus years into SSRIs. And so the studies that were like coming out about the SSRIs, the SNRIs are underwhelming, Right. The the studies are suggesting that maybe these aren't going to get us the results that we thought they were going to get. Right. They're not the key to reversal of depressions and anxieties. So Mm -hmm. that brings us back to the thing that we always knew people needed. It needs a multidisciplinary approach. So, sure, the medicine can do something, but we're learning they can't do everything. What we really need is a change in process. And a change in process means more behavioral health specialists, like more intensive outpatient therapies. And back to the base of the problem, which for a lot of young people becomes just how they move and how they move about the, the world right now is through social media. And social media is is just killing their confidence and it's completely um, rewiring their brain patterns on what they value, what they don't value, their moral compasses and everything. And so in addition to what you were reading, Dr. Sunshine, there was also some article that came out that said people's moral compasses have been rewired for the worse since mm-hmm. social media, right? Mm. So things that you would have, things that maybe when we were then we said, oh, I, I, nobody should do that. When you survey people, now they're like, yeah, it's cool. You know, a little murder amongst friends, probably all right, depending on how bad it is. I don't know. And when you think about that, you're like, wait a minute. So if they're being impacted by things like a pandemic, which you cannot help, and the moral compass is being bent, and all of their insecurities are heightened because of what they're taking in, and the medicines that you use to treat them probably don't work. What on earth are we going to do when these people are 30, 40, and 50? Mm. When they're supposed to be responsible for the things and the people that are coming behind them. It's actually frightening when you break it down. You're like, okay, um, what do you do? And I think that the fix to that is really hard because you got to completely revamp the environment change the habits of not just them, but the house and the community and and the school system and everything. And when you think about that, it's overwhelming. But even when you think about the exposure, like I was talking to, who's I talking to? Maybe my aunt about this. And she was like, do you know how different your childhood becomes from someone who was born right now and given a smart device versus someone who was born in the eighties without one? She's Mm -hmm. like, it changes your entire childhood. Like it just changes everything. And 
I think that now, mind you, there is another side to the coin because the article did interview a lot of people who are the heads of these social media entities. And they're like, hey, social media has good stuff too. It, it enables you to connect with people across the world, like-minded individuals, like build networks, so on and so forth. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but having so much at the disposal of somebody so young, yeah, it can change your entire childhood. It can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think people in my age range, it's hard for us to appreciate it because we are a unique experience that we've lived both worlds. Right. Mm -hmm. Fully invested in both worlds, right? So I am old enough to remember a typewriter, but also can Uh. get on social media and, you know, roll with it like it's nothing, right? So it's nothing for me to think about an analog world. And it's also nothing for me to think about the digital world. But if digital is all you know, right? So you always wonder, like, what's the difference between when I am flipping through Instagram and that model pops up and I'm like, oh, she fine. It's fine. Ooh. But I don't get off and go, you know what? I am not. I'm going to lick two ice cubes every day for the next week because I need to get like that. <laughs> like, you're trying to figure out, like, what is that thing? Like, how do you how do you prevent that? Like, how do you stop yourself? Because there are some moments where I'm like, I think I need a wig because these girls' hair is flying up in here and I'm so tired of rocking this puff. Um, <laughs> but how, what stops your whole being from, like, saying, like, no, no, that's fine. You're good. You're okay. I don't know. But all I know is our young people are not, also, they're not managing it well. Like they want all the things that they are seeing. Even, even if they can tell you that there's certain, some of it is fake, they still want all the things. I mean, also, I mean, we're, I mean, we're kind of coming in, I guess me and Dr. Sunshine at the tail end of like when, you know, we've had like, you know, cassette players and CDs and then try and transfer over to like iPods and when AIM, you know, became like Messenger. You've got mail. Became, yeah, right. Oh my God. right. Facebook. Facebook, MySpace, you know, whatever. So I think, um, and then during that time, you also see a kind of a shift in like what we consider the standard of beauty. So kind of going back at your point, like, you know, who, these kids see like these models and, you know, these people out there that, you know, have like the slender bodies, you know, now it's more of like the BBL look where you got the big booty and like, you know, the boobs and whatnot. But then where we're also coming up during a time where, you know, you had the bone stick models and that was considered, you know, what was considered beautiful at that point, like in the 80s to, to like late 90s. So it's kind of interesting that you see this kind of shift in what you consider as a standard of beauty. And, you know, growing up, you know, you're like, okay, well, you know, she looks great. I, I would like to look like that, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where that shift is and that thinking I don't have to look like that. Like I am comfortable in my own skin. And it's also just like who you're exposed to and like your inner circle and like your uh, general people that live with you and like you interact with on a daily basis that can kind of keep you grounded and be like, hey, you look great the way you are. You don't need to look like this you know, supermodel. Everyone is beautiful in their own right. And you don't have to kill yourself to you know attain this beauty ideal, which sometimes is not even attainable as is. So I don't, I don't think kids these days understand that or, you know, don't have well, a grasp on that. It's, 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 mess, it's hard. They because barely have a grasp on it. It's hard because even, even though I'm older growing up, kids are just mean. It doesn't even matter. Like they, they just, they could just make you feel horrible for any little thing. And it's just, 
it's just really hard. And I think it, it, I think you're right. I think it's a, like a multidisciplinary approach. Like parents got to like, keep talking to them, even though they're annoyed and they don't want you to talk to them, but just keep talking, being in their face, doing like, doing all the things that you know, that is going to help them take their phone away sometimes. I'm like, you got to get off this social media, do other things. Like we just have them disconnect. Like we just got to keep trying, I feel. And, but you know what? There, the, and there the, other... the whole thing about when Dr. Chris saying kids are mean, I think kids have always been mean. Right. Like, there was always that things where kids were mean. But you know what? The difference was like if you were at school when some kid was being mean to you when we were in school. That's true. That there was, was a pause because you had to go home, right? right? Until tomorrow, you had to go home. So there was this time in there where you could decompress. Mm-hmm. You could talk to your parent or your cousin, your brother, your sister. Forget them. Listen, tomorrow when you go to school, this is what you're going to have a plan right. for. That's true. Uh, and nobody could get to you, right? But these kids have lives, social lives that follow them everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Because their their interaction is happening on social media or socially, right? It's in WhatsApp or Snapchat or, you know, all these different things. So, and if you went to school and you had a problem with, with Bill, right? Your beef was with Bill and maybe Bill has some friends and y'all knew about it, right? Well, now, like, especially when these we, when these things come out in the news or some kid that is like, you know, committed suicide and all these things, you discover like they had a beef with one kid, but then it happened on social media and so the other people started getting involved. And so your beef isn't with Bill anymore, right? right. It's with Bill and the 5,000 other people who now have access to this event. And so you, you're reading all these things we didn't have that right and sure. and so by default everybody had to go to their corners like even if it was like a boxing match you know when the mm-hmm. when the bell goes mm-hmm. off everybody's got to go to their corner and reset right every team gets to make a new mm-hmm. new plan for this fight tomorrow <laughs> right. but these kids ain't no bell right? right like it's just it's just social boxing all day long until somebody just wears out and so that's the part that, you know, yeah. I envy and, and, and parents are having a hard time, right? Like I'm still in, in clinic saying, Hey, we need a, a cutoff time for these phones, right? We need a central charging station, right? Phones don't go to the bedroom with kids, right? Cause they're staying on them all night and they're tired. They're fatigued. They can't think they're foggy. And parents are like, we're trying that. But sometimes I come down and that damn phone is not on that charging station. I know it was there at eight 30 when I put it on there. So it's, hard for them to disconnect and it's hard for parents to keep up and parents are tired right like i don't want to have to check my kids room again at 10 30 when i just put that phone on the station at 8 30 i am tired too right i want to drink a glass of wine you know hang out with my spouse or text with my girlfriend you know decompress because my boss gets on my nerve and then go to bed but you're trying to like keep engaged these kids and if you're not engaging with them then they're back on social media either being bullied or being the bully, or being the spectator. Because mm-hmm. they all know about it, right? If you got enough kids like in a school system, if you take care of enough of them, I'm sure Dr. Chris knows this, if something went down, if you see enough of those your little patients in that window, mm-hmm. you'll get the whole story because everybody knows what happened. That was never like that when we were in school. You had to hear about it after it blew up. But in school now, everybody knows what's going on. Why? Because it's all on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know it in real time, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'd be like, no, nah, Doc, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. See, what happened was, I'm like, well, where were you? Well, I was in social studies. Well, how'd you know? Well, you, mm, you know, I can't tell you. I'd be <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
They know everything. Oh, Doc, it was on IG Live. Like, it was on IG Live. Right. We saw it on, uh-uh, Doc. Uh-uh, don't, be tell, don't, be, don't play me like that. You know I be knowing. I'm like, okay. That, I mean, that's fine. But they all have their cell phones. Even if they don't have their cell phones, they're on their laptops. Their laptops are connected to all the social media pages. So they can watch it in real time. And they do. Which is why this um, uh, TikTok, uh, uh, the guy that owns TikTok being in front of, uh, mm-hmm. is he in front of Congress? Yeah. That's why these hearings are going to be so interesting to see, you know, how that goes. Because people, I think people are really like upset that that uh, TikTok China and TikTok US is very different. It's kind of, you know, geared to be more academic and more educational. And, and our TikTok is kind of a free for all. And so kind of listening to people get word of those, you know, those decisions uh, on how Americans consume social media versus other countries and trying to hold people's feet to the fire, which is, it's interesting. I'm not saying I'm for or against TikTok. I'm just saying that it'll be interesting to see like how they decide to approach this, like what's, what's the end game, you know, here and what that means for other social media and what this actually going to mean the execution of, um, because, you know, we're also a very capitalist society and it's making money and we generally have not stood in the way of people making their coins. So I am very curious to see actually what they're going to do about, this one incident and how it then plays into just how we think about social media and, and use from minors in general. So let's talk about some stuff. You know, the one thing I cannot believe I didn't think about talking about this before because it comes up so much or maybe my brain is fried from all the planning and we have talked about it before. We're going to do it again. (laughs) I want to talk about the thyroid Mm -hmm. because this poor little guy is like responsible for so many things. He is both, he or she, depending on the the gender of your thyroid, I'm going to call mine a he right now because that's (laughs) what I'm doing. He is both responsible and also the scapegoat for a lot of things. And people come in all the time, right? Like if anything they think is going wrong, they're going to bust through your door and be like, I think you need to check my thyroid because I know something is wrong. And most time that thyroid be normal. So I just want to really have a (laughs) casual conversation about your thyroid and what we should do about it. And when we actually, you know, feel like we really need to work out work up for your thyroid okay Mm -hmm. so your thyroid is an endocrine gland right it is a gland that secretes hormones if you are talking or humming if you put your hand over your neck and where those vibrations are coming from that's a general area where your thyroid is located this little guy is responsible for nothing and everything at the same time so it does not directly make your heart function make your hair grow, make your skin nice, make your heart beat in a good rhythm. But if it's messed up, it's going to make all that stuff dysfunctional. So essentially Mm -hmm. it's responsible for metabolism, right? It's kind of the thing that oversees, like, is everybody good? It's the godfather of all systems. So if the godfather comes by and you look good, that's fine. You have the blessings. But the thyroid is messed up, you know, things can go awry. One of the most things that gets the, 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 the blame for is weight gain, weight loss, hair, hair loss, and your skin. That's what most people know it for. The second thing is the eyes, right? So we've all been out somewhere. We've seen somebody with these big bulging eyes and everybody goes, oh, they must have a bad thyroid. So all that can be true mm. if the thyroid is, is dysfunctional. So for the weight in particular, y'all listen, 
Listen now. Hold on. I got to. <laughs> I know where this is going. I got to I gotta go back to it because I, I pulled up some of the, the stats. So um, most people in general, if you do have a dysfunctional thyroid and you think it is causing weight gain, it's going to contribute about five to 10 pounds of body weight. So I am not saying that you cannot gain weight because of your thyroid, but not them 30 pounds that y'all trying to blame it on. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it, the thyroid may have given you five or 10 of them, but it's not the 30. And so um, the weight gain in general, people will notice can really be modest, right? They, and it's not, it's not, unless it's hyperthyroidism. I've seen some people who have a, a very active nodule that is causing hyperthyroidism lose weight really fast, but mm-hmm. the swing up tends to be a little bit more discreet. And people just notice that without trying or without any change of anything, their weight is up. This is important because, um, one, because I push a lot of nutrition and a lot of like food awareness in my in my clinic. I want y'all to be aware the next time you are headed to your doctor's office to ask to get your thyroid checked, we'll check it. It's no problem. But if you think, man, this thyroid's got me gaining 50 pounds, before you do that, I also would like for you to maybe do some food journals, right? Take inventory Mm -hmm. of of what you're eating. Maybe check your workout schedule. Has something changed? Has work changed? Has it become more stressful, less stressful? Is it a new environment? All these things. And so I want you to bring all those data points to your doctor's office so that we can kind of see who's all involved. Because even if it is a thyroid, if it's 15 to 50 pounds, it's the thyroid plus something else that's probably causing your weight gain. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not alone because oh, no. everybody wants it to be their thyroid. <laughs> that's what they're hoping it is. <laughs> they're hoping. Yeah, because they hope that, oh, well, if it's my thyroid, I fix that, then I'm going to lose this weight. And it's not the things mm-hmm. that I'm doing or my habits, so I don't have to change anything. Because, you know, people just don't want to change mm-hmm. their behaviors, right? They want the nope. magic pill to make everything go back to how they want it or to make everything look great. And I tell my patients all the time, listen, if I had this magic pill to make you look amazing, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I'd be on an island <laughs> collecting my coins. Me too. Oh okay. my God. So it, it hasn't you know, existed. Dr. Chris. You know what else it is? Oh wait, Dr. Sunshine is like, uh-uh, Dr. Chris. I, the, I feel Dr. Chris. Like if I could figure out that answer, I'd be rich. Right. Would not be practicing medicine anymore. Not doing mm-hmm. this. I love it, but I do it on the island. <laughs> Sipping my rum punch yeah. that I didn't make, <laughs> and I think that it, it, <laughs> never again, never right? Because she's out, y'all. Oh she is officially retired. I think that speaks to, and this is not the topic, but I think it speaks to um, the importance of food awareness. I am not surprised anymore, but it is not uncommon for people to say, and people say it all the time. Like I do a food journal, twenty four hour food recall. And I'll say, well, I went to uh, Chick-fil-A, but I only had a little bit. I only had, I, you know, everybody starts using their hands. I tell people, when you start measuring your food and hand gestures, <laughs> we we both in trouble, okay? <laughs> but yeah, I had this meal, but only ate a little bit. I didn't finish it all. Or I only had this, but I only ate a little bit. I didn't finish it all. And that speaks to just um, how good the food industry is, right? Like, they really got you out here in these streets believing that you can eat half of that fast food meal and not suffer consequences that's actually pretty damn good when you think about it right um i only ate half of my mcdonald's meal it couldn't have been a thing 
that's got me gaining weight. Yeah, I do it three times a week, but only half of it. So it's got to be my thyroid. <laughs> um, and so when you think about that, I mean, the thyroid is out here existing, right? Living his best life, trying to mind his business. And, you know, fast food chains is out here promoting all this madness. And they get the money and the meal. And when the weight comes on, the thyroid gets the blame and not the food industry. It's actually, <laughs> that's actually really good. Um, and, and so when you start to, you know, and it happens, right? And so when, when people bring it in, we start to break it down and they, and they start to change it and they see that weight come off. They're like, oh, I can't believe this, right? Like it can't be as simple as, you know, some of these things. So, yeah. But but the thyroid um, is probably not it. Um, but even with that, we're happy to check it. It's just more of setting the expectations because people are so disappointed when the levels come back and they're normal. Yeah, I agree. But then that's when that's when things get real. And it's like, hey, so it's not your thyroid. So let's talk about your habits. And that's when you have to have those hard conversations that they didn't really come to. They didn't really come in your office to have that conversation. But it doesn't matter because now we're going there. Yep. Because then I get to talk to you about your, hey, let, so let's, let's look at this A1C trend and, and <laughs> how your diabetes number is changing. Hey, let's look at this lipid panel and how this is changing. You know what? I think that coincides with a lot of things here too. And then now you're on the nutrition talk. <laughs> yep. Which is fine. It's just that y'all don't expect that. And so I I hate that it feels like such a, a letdown or disappointing thing when you thought that you were coming for something different. Now, I will say this in regards to the thyroid. One of the things that you had, you listed a couple things as the most common symptoms that people might come in with. Because I am very biased in this regard, because I'm in a women's health clinic now, I end up checking thyroid more often because when women are like, hey, my cycle's always been regular and now it's off. Now it's just doing whatever it wants to do. I'm like, all right, let's check your thyroid. And then usually the thyroid will be wonky all the way off. Because that's also another one of the things that it controls is your cycle. So if, if y'all are hearing us, there are symptomatic reasons to check your thyroid, but there are, there is not a reason to just screen your thyroid if you're not having any symptoms. So um, the task force, USPSTF, and the American Academy of Family Medicine Physicians have written many articles, and they've made this clear that there's not enough evidence one way or the other, right? There's not enough evidence to support nor there's not enough evidence that it causes harm. However, when you look at all the data, there is no reason to have a thyroid study a part of your labs for your annual exam because people often will call back and they're very surprised when they're like, hey, I was looking at my labs, but my thyroid function isn't in there. And I'm like, well, are you having any thyroid problems? They're like, no, but it was my physical exam. So I thought everything would be checked. The, the literature and the research suggests that we do not screen for thyroid dysfunction if you are not having any problems, which is a little bit different than what Dr. Sunshine is saying, where you've got an irregular period, or you've got some unexpected weight gain, or you've got some hair loss, or some palpitations, or some vision changes. When those come up, the thyroid comes on the table as a culprit, potentially, but not just, hey, I'm just in here to get my physical exam. And give me all the labs you got. We will not put a, a nope. TSH or a T4 in there. No. Nope. Thank you for saying this because I think people need to hear that. I have to have this conversation a bunch of times with people. It's just like, no. The only time I will check it is if you are on thyroid medicine and we need to check it, that's something different. But if you're not having any symptoms, 
there's no need to check it, just to screen. So we, so in the hospital, it's a, it's a little bit different. So if you're coming in with an acute illness, so the, the most common example that we get is if you're coming in with like your, you know, heart palpitations, sometimes people don't even feel it. If you're at the, your PCP's office, they do an EKG and you're having like a super fast heart rate that we typically call um, uh, atrial fibrillation, um, they may send you, they'll send you into the hospital to get checked out. And usually one of the hallmark things that we check is your thyroid. So you will all, you will always get a thyroid test when we're checking for any sort of weird heart rhythm. If you're in a new onset type of heart failure, um, there are some medications that can even cause your thyroid to get a little messed up. Uh, metformin is actually one of them because it interferes with the protein that the thyroid hormone binds to and is delivered to the rest of your body. Not, it's not saying don't go out and stop taking your metformin because you don't want your thyroid to be messed up. It doesn't work mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I'm just saying in acute situations, if you're in the hospital, um, usually in like a, a critical state, then we will we will always check your thyroid to make sure that it's not the culprit leading or causing. The I want to clarify a point that Dr. No said, because I'm going to change her statement. She said she said we're a little different than outpatient. That's not true. We do not screen people who are asymptomatic. So the statement still stands that if you're having no problems, there is no reason to screen. The American Academy of Family Medicine Physicians and the USPSTF has said that you do not screen asymptomatic people for thyroid dysfunction. What Dr. Noah is talking about is a symptomatic reason to screen you for thyroid dysfunction. So she is not that different mm-hmm. from inpatient outpatient. <laughs> the same. If you are symptomatic, both inpatient and outpatient, we will screen you. If you are asymptomatic, do because I don't, what I don't want to happen is you go to your you go to your PCP and they say no, we did not do your thyroid study, um, and then you say, well, I heard Doctor Dose say, but in the hospital acutely they'll do it. You're gonna be so disappointed and broke because you spent money going to the <laughs> hospital thinking we were gonna check your thyroid and the only thing you can come out of there with is a CBC and a chest X-ray and a discharge home to follow with your doctor in uh, 14 days. So you do not get screened. For your thyroid, Dr. Noah is talking about a condition that causes an arrhythmia or an improper rhythm to your heart. And in that case, that is a good reason to check a thyroid function, right? If something mm-hmm. is happening and you're symptomatic enough that you need to see Dr. No, that means you're being admitted. And if you're being admitted, you're quite symptomatic. And that's a reason. Symptomatic is a reason to screen a thyroid function but not just because you happen to be in the hospital or in the emergency room. So I want to clarify that point because I'm not trying to make any more work (laughs) for either side. Like checking your thyroid on GP is not recommended in in all scenarios. But if you have enough symptoms, we're happy to check your thyroid. (laughs) So Dr. Dr. Amy Jo, is there another condition where you screen uh, for the thyroid? Yeah. So pregnancy is a really good reason to check, right? Because in pregnancy, well, so pregnancy um, has an increased risk of thyroid nodules. So people who typically will not have nodules outside of pregnancy will get thyroid nodules inside of pregnancy and pregnancy will expose or uh, trigger the thyroid to become dysfunctional in some people. So again, you're symptomatic. Your symptom in this case is pregnancy. And during pregnancy, we will screen your thyroid to make sure it's functioning well. 
Um, especially if you come in and you say, hey, you know what? I was scratching my neck the other day and I felt a little lump. I haven't felt it there before. If we think that that lump is around the area of your thyroid, you are probably going to ultrasound on your thyroid and get a screen for your TSH and your T4 to make sure those are functioning well. It is important that you have good function of your thyroid in um, in uh, pregnancy because it is important to the development of the baby that you're growing inside, your fetus. And so mm-hmm. everybody wants to make sure you have a, a normal functioning thyroid. And if it is not functioning well, it is important that we give you medications to correct that function so both you and baby can go on to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, so somebody is, somebody is going to be like, I did my research and y'all going to send us an email and saying that, you know, well, I thought that I was supposed to get a screen because there was associations with heart disease and eye disease and all these things tied to whether or not you had good thyroid function. That is true if it's dysfunctional, but they ran the studies and the studies showed that they could not prove that pre-screening people, pre-screening everybody in general was a protective factor against cardiovascular disease. And so that is why it's still on the list of things you do not screen routinely. So if you are asymptomatic, we will not screen your, we will not screen you for thyroid function or dysfunction. But symptomatic reasons, pregnancy being a very important one, is one to do so. Um, besides, yeah, and besides pregnancy, one of the reasons that actually gets our full attention are thyroid nodules. So we talk about thyroids, thyroid, thyroid, the gland or thyroid, the function always in the area of fatigue, sluggishness, weight gain or weight loss, hair gain, hair loss, right? Those are the common things like that most people come in that they know. But one of the reasons why we actually do get worked up in our offices would be for thyroid nodules. And the reason is, is that a nodule could be a malignancy, And so like all things, we're always making sure that we're not missing any cause of cancer. So part of primary care, um, even though we don't, we're not the people that actually treat treat cancer, is to really try to pre-screen and make sure we're not missing anything or that we can get you to the oncologist as soon as possible. So one of the biggest reasons why we screen and we test and we and we image is because of thyroid nodules. So if you come in and you fill a nodule, or anything on your neck, we want to know that sooner rather than later because our priority is, is it cancer? Yes or no. So we want to get an ultrasound. We want to check the levels. If the Mm -hmm. ultrasound is abnormal or if the levels are abnormal, let's say I don't feel the nodule that you feel, but you felt it at some point. Let's say it doesn't even show up on your ultrasound, but your thyroid levels, your TSH and your T4 are dysfunctional. I will still send you to the ENT specialist because there is a small percentage of cases where you could have a micro nodule that could still not show up, or maybe for some reason they went down a little bit until I can't feel it, and it's now a micro nodule. That can still be a cause of concern, and that will make both the ENT doctors and or the endocrinologists very curious about what's happening, especially if your results come back and they are um, not they're not normal. So mm-hmm. we will definitely work that up. There's a whole um, there's a whole algorithm. There's always algorithms, which I love. I don't know if y'all know that or not. <laughs> I love a good algorithm. Um, there's a whole algorithm about um, whether or not you know, like just how you do it and everything. And so the first question, the first you know thing is, 
is there a palpable lesion? Yes or no. People can sometimes feel them or they'll feel that their thyroid is bigger. So people put their, they'll say, you know, I I might not, I can't feel a nodule, but this lump on my neck feels bigger. Most people think it's their voice box or they'll, or someone will come in and say, I'm developing an Adam's apple. It's not Adam's apple. It's your thyroid. Um, Mm -hmm. Whoa. And that? Oh my gosh. You shared your screen. (laughs) Fancy. And, um, you know, so <laughs> they'll check it, right? So you'll get an ultrasound, a TSH, and a T4. If it's normal, uh, it depends, right? So if, if you threw me off, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't not throw you off. You threw, you threw yourself off. No, I'm not sharing. It's Dr. No. You know, Dr. No is always like, oh. I got you. Doctor, no, no, you're so funny. <laughs> I, I got you. So, you know, so we're going to, so let's say you feel something, right? Um, we're going to measure you, right? We're going to get a good history, good exam. We're going to measure your levels and we're going to ultrasound your thyroid. If your thyroid levels are normal or high, that's actually how that works. If it's normal or if it's high, we're going to look for a solitary nodule, single node, multiple ones. You've got a whole bunch of them in there. Or if there's nothing that you can see on there, Right. If there's nothing you can see on there and it's normal or it's high, we're going to do some follow-up, right? We don't forget about it. We're like, mm, I didn't catch you yet, but we're going to keep looking. If there are multiple nodules, it depends on how big they are. If they're small, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to follow up on that. I have not forgot about you. We're going to keep looking. If they're large, we're going to biopsy them. If you had one big gigantic nodule, and your TSH levels were normal or elevated, we're going to biopsy it. And from that biopsy, it's either going to be benign and you kind of follow up. It's going to be undetermined and you're going to follow up and get another biopsy, unfortunately. Sorry, people. Mm -hmm. Or it's going to be a malignancy and we got to send you to the endocrine surgeon. Mm -hmm. If your thyroid levels Mm -hmm. are low, right? So your TSH levels are low, we're going to do a second scan to make sure we know exactly what's happening so we can figure out what the plan needs to be. But in all cases, if you feel something on your neck, that please come in and see us because we absolutely need to do more workup. So sometimes what's frustrating is that everybody knows the thyroid, right? Most patients know the thyroid and they, and they know that if there's something going off with their metabolism or their fatigue, they know to come in and ask for the TSH, which is great. I know we're fussing y'all about when not to come in, but I'm okay with people knowing like, Hey, this can be a thing, Mm -hmm. but the nodules people don't tend to talk about so much. And those are the ones where we really would love to really do this big workup so that we can make sure that there's nothing in there that we don't need to take care of. So if you feel something, come in and see us. Yes, we're going to get an ultrasound. Yeah, you might get a biopsy. That's a little bit ways down the line. We can walk through all the contingency plans to make sure that we're setting the plan and more importantly, getting you squared away. Yeah. I think that's that's really important. I'm glad you, you said that too, because even though there are some patients that I get, like they're coming in and they're new to me, but they have this diagnosis, but they didn't necessarily tell me. And it's just like, mm-hmm. well, you should let me know that you've had nodules before or, you know, so we can, because I always ask, well, was there follow-up? Did you have to do a biopsy? Because I need to know when was your last ultrasound, right? Because we got to 
follow it to know, oh, do we need to keep following or we don't? Because sometimes you do the biopsy and you they do the ultrasound. They're like, no, for, no further follow-up is needed. So we're good. Yeah, so sometimes we'll pick up if we do like a CAT scan of your chest or, you know, of your neck for whatever reason for it. You know, your thyroid will pop up on the hands and sometimes it will say, oh, there's multi, not multiple, multiple nodules present, you know, please clinically advise or something like that. Um, so most of the time uh, we don't, you're not going to get the biopsy inpatient. Uh, that's something that you usually do as outpatient because you set up with your endocrinologist uh, to set up for the biopsy and all that. So it's not anything emergent unless it's a nodule is large enough that it's like pushing on your airway and you're like, can't breathe. Uh, then yes, you're going to do something about it right then and there. But usually if these these pop up on the scans all the time and, you know, people get freaked out, you know, I tell them, yes, we, we found some nodules on your thyroid, but it, I know it's imperative that you follow up with your PCP or your endocrinologist to make sure that we get these biopsies done um, as an outpatient to make sure it's not cancerous or whatever. And then also, um, I don't know, were you going to Sometimes when people touch, I know I had a couple of people come in the clinic, you know, they say that their throat was like tender or hurt. And they'll say, I think my, you know, I think my thyroid is like infected or something. Um, So there, there is uh, what we call thyroiditis and you can get it after a viral infection. It is somewhat common, um, but you know, it's, and it can be quite painful, but usually that's self-limiting. So it goes away. I'm usually conservative management. And your thyroid numbers may be a little messed up um, because of that. But usually it's a virus, goes away on its own, and it's nothing really to be alarmed about. I agree. And thyroiditis, is, they actually are more common than I think what people think. And yes, we will still track your levels, but, you know, they will get hot. You will become hyper, then hypo, then normal. Um, generally is what's going to happen. And that can happen over months, right? So, you know, because some people are like, well, you're going to check it next week? Like, nah, we're not checking next week, right? Like, <laughs> are we checking it next week? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to watch this thing over the next, you know, uh, three to six months in some cases, you know, kind of go up, go down and normalize. And as long as you are relatively asymptomatic and, and we, we're pretty sure the diagnosis is um, thyroiditis, then we're just going to let you normalize. And, and most people do. Um, there are some cases where they people do. will uh, not correct and remain hypothyroid. It's very it's very rare for you to have a thyroiditis and remain hyper, but some people will convert to hypothyroid. But most people will go back to normal, and it'll be just something something that they had. Um, so I had a few like after COVID where people had like a thyroiditis, um, and uh, mm-hmm. we just really you know, I'll just every just about everybody I had is finished there six month window and are all back to normal. And so it's really interesting to kind of watch that, that whole thing, you know, play out. But that's the thyroid y'all. So I hope this helps because I know y'all know about the thyroid. Like people know, y'all know about the thyroid. Y'all know to come in and ask about it and I'm not stopping (laughs) your flow, but um, I just want people to know, be aware of, you know, all the things they're asking for. Because you know what's something weird? Well, not weird. We knew this was coming, right? Um, your insurance companies are not down for all these labs that y'all have been doing your research on. Um, and, you know, they we can run anything. I tell people all the time, we can run anything you want us to run. But I'm not paying the bill. 
<laughs> and, you know, we can wax poetically about, you know, I'll be trying to give y'all, you know, all the, all the beef in these notes that I can give you on reason why we're running some of these labs. But your insurance company comes back and they'd be like, yeah, no, doc, we ain't believe you on that. You ain't need that. You did not need that lab to make that decision. Cause they know too, like the insurance companies have hired doctors on their end to kind of say like, mm, that was not medically necessary. You know, they could have done it with, you know, these other things. And I find more and more now that uh, TSH, the TSH labs and the vitamin D labs are getting mixed more and more. They are not covering those labs. And these two labs are two of patients' most favorite labs to ask for. And they're not covering it. Yeah. So if you're going to pay for it out of pocket, it needs to be worth your while. And so hopefully this helps you know, is this worth something that you need to risk an out-of-pocket expense for? It's the questions. It's the questions. Well, it's the questions. I don't know about questions. It's the question. question. All right, good. We got one. Hey, but where y'all questions at though? Why y'all out here in these streets uh, blinking at me right now? Somebody's listening, and you didn't ask ten million questions up in here. Like, yeah, but what about you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna need them to email. come with different energy because they be coming in my office and have all the questions. But why you can't send no questions out here? <laughs> yes. Yep. DM us. We'll, yes. we'll listen. We'll listen. How you need to do it? You need to send us a good DM. Go ahead and do it. You want to email of us? Go ahead. Slide. Slide in that inbox, boo, and send us some questions. Dustin, the questions. All right. First question. Okay. So, can you ladies speak about the possible penis lesions that we may see on men? I want to make sure I know what I'm looking at if I see something. Mm. The possible penis lesions, probably penis on lesions, men. penis the lesions. Possible, like all, all the a options? lot of lesions that could happen. That's rough, <laughs> right? I mean, you got herpes, right. you got <laughs> HPV, you've got something as somebody. Oh, yeah, this. you got syphilis. <laughs> yeah. You got yeah, you got herpes, herpes lesions. What you is got that? A Bichette syndrome. That those cause the uh, lesions too. That's kind of similar to what this yeah. is. And it's even a bigger zebra. Yeah. I mean, if it looks abnormal, <laughs> ask the question, why Anything. is that there? <laughs> Have you got it checked? <laughs> is it a skin tag? Right. right? So penis lesions can be really complicated, right? And, and and depending on who set them up in the world, right? So we come from a place where we did circumcisions. And I actually take great pride in circs. Because if you mess up a circ, when they get older, they're going to have a little skin tag and and every girl or guy, depending on your pleasure, okay, is going to be like, but what's that? Oh, I'm not sure that I, I don't know what that is. You be trying to explain like it's from your circumcision when you was day two of life. So that can cause a skin lesion, right? So a skin tag oh from like a bad God. procedure, uh, that could cause a skin lesion. But most people mm-hmm. can explain it. They know exactly what that is. Hey, I've had that all my life. It's always been there. Um, I've been to my doctor. They told me not to worry about it, right? Then there is like sores, right? Uh, so that you might look and see something, you know, looks a little ulcerated, kind of looks like a little, somebody took a little miniature ice cream, ice cream scoop and scooped it out. Yeah. Be concerned. Yeah. Don't touch that though. Stay back. Right. Cause probably herpes. Um, you did touch it, right. wash your hands immediately and just tell him you'll see him another time right. because 
that might be herpes, right? So you don't want them to do with that. Oh. You might see that. So a good inspection is good. Or if it looks a little flesh tone, it's kind of building up like a little stackable little little mold or something. Hey, don't touch that. If it looks crusty, don't touch that either. It's probably HPV. It's probably a little flesh wart or a little, you know, cankerous lesion or something like that. I don't know. So it really just mm-hmm. depends on what it is. Here's what I know. Turn the lights on before y'all get down. Do an inspection. And anyway, get down <laughs> philosophically or get down physically. But before you get down there, <laughs> turn the lights on, take a look. Because people sometimes have been ignoring the obvious. Like you'd be surprised how many times I have talked to people who have horrible lesions and 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 I'm telling them what it is. And their statements are sometimes like, so I should or should not have been sleeping with my partner all this time. And I'm like, whoa. Did you really sleep with somebody with this on here? So um, there are many lesions. And don't be shy. Honestly, you're not hurting anyone's feelings. You're just saying, hey, I noticed that on you. I'm not comfortable doing this right now until you get that yeah. checked out. Listen, I I, I have not, a rule. Anything going into any oral offices, I have, I have the right to make a question, ask a question about it. Okay? <laughs> I got a right. <laughs> but you will notice, but you will notice your younger patients, like Amy Jo said, especially if it's a new partner, especially if it's something like on the whim, unplanned, things like that. A lot of stuff is going on in the dark. Yeah, and I'll be like, true. well, did you see something? Like, did you, did you see nah, this or that? And they're like, that. Honestly, nah. they're like, honestly, doc, I wasn't really looking. It was dark. I mean, I was like, oh Lord, here we go. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. yeah. And then some, I, I've got some people that said like, well, I mean, he knows his own penis. Like he should know if he has oh, anything don't on trust it. it. And I'm like, no. Sometimes you miss things. You didn't see it's in a different area that you can't really see. So, you know, it's always good to inspect first, I think. Especially it could be. I mean, we're, we're flipping that thing up. We're looking under. We're looking at the sides. Yes. looking at the balls. Cuff. You know, you so, you know, we inspect all that. Lots of pubic hair mixed in <laughs> all that. It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on, you know. Right. Is there stuff coming out of the head? Like when you push the glands, is there any stuff coming yes. out? Is it green? Is it bloody? Does it smell? Probably. Does it have an odor? Listen, if it's okay. a little funky, don't don't believe it was the club, right? Oh, you know, we've been out here. We've been dancing all night. Listen, if you don't like the smell of that and you see a lesion, just say, hey, you know what? We'll get together another time. Maybe one morning after brunch, you know, everybody's fresh. You know, it's good. I think um I think inspection saves you. Here's the pro- here's the real issue. Unlike chlamydia, gonorrhea, uh, even syphilis, um, most of the time if you come in contact with a lesion that is sexually transmitted and, and they're contagious at the moment, you can't give it back. So unfortunately, all the things that can that can that are infections that cause lesions on a penis, if you two get them, they're not curable. You keep them forever. You get HPV, you keep it forever. You get herpes, you keep it forever. And the only thing that you have left to do is hope that your immune system holds up and you don't have multiple outbreaks because once you've got it, you can't give it back. Um, And so uh, I surprisingly actually see a lot of herpes um, in the community uh, these days. So I I don't know if that's... I I have not read that there was up to... Girl, what? Herpes was going wild during COVID. I saw her. I saw so much herpes in COVID. I didn't know what to do. I was like, "My lord!" Listen, <laughs> I don't know anywhere. Listen, like, I don't know. I thought, but as soon as but when they get COVID, it like flares up everything. They get COVID, and they then they herpes flares, oh, and then like everything. Yeah, it flares everything. Yeah, 
And some people are underperformers the first time, right? So even though, you know, you know, people who be doing their research, right? I know that the first, you're supposed to get this um, ridiculous flair, um, but it doesn't always, um, it doesn't always happen. And then people get sick, like have COVID or something like that. And then they get this flair and they're trying to put the timeline together on when this happened. And I have to tell them like, I, I don't know. Like, I really have no idea. Yeah. So, you know, the mm-hmm. only thing I can tell you, friend, is inspect often. Um, the lights being on in the beginning is fine. Like, do a little, make it sexy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, make oh, it. Oh, wrap it into the foreplay. Make it part of so foreplay, right? Lights on. And, you know, inspection does not have to be mm-hmm. come here, girl, or come here, guy. Let me, let me make sure you clean. It doesn't have to be that, but it does have to be just looking at somebody's body, right? And for the most part, you're admiring it because I'm assuming you're there because you want to be. And so you're happy to see what's in front of you. But if you happen to see something that's a concern, well, that gives you your first stop sign to say, hey, what is this a concern? No? Okay, cool. We moving on. But if y'all can't come to an answer that you're good on, it helps y'all have a better day the next time because everybody can go get all the things they need. Mm -hmm. And most things can be treated and most people have a window where they're available to have sex and y'all can keep going. There you go. Right. See something, say something. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, hopefully we helped you at least a little bit. I hope we did. <laughs> no, no. You want to tell the people where to find us? Of course. All right, y'all. So please check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at the chocolate MDS. Please feel free to send us questions at our Gmail, which is the MDS at gmail.com. Like we said earlier, please send us questions. You can slide into our DMs. You can send us a Gmail, or you can go to our website, which is www.thechocolatemds.com, and you can submit questions through our message portal there. Awesome. Until next time, lovely people, we bid you farewell. And hit us up. Slide in our DMs. Yes. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.